0: This is something that's going to take maybe half of our GDP, and no one has sat down and figured out how much it's going to cost and how we're going to fund it. Uh, It's buried under the carpet, and we need open conversations on it.
1: My guests are Walter Johnson and Dave O'Rourke, and we're going to talk about their movie, A Climate Conversation. And uh, Dave, do you want to start us off here?
2: I'm just lucky to be on the team here trying to help promote what I think is a really important, Important movie and a really important theme, which is embedded right in the title called A Climate Conversation. I can take from my, one man's humble opinion, there's been way too much shouting and too much name calling and too much everything, and not enough adult conversation about uh, a, a clear eyed understanding about how significant this problem really is and a cost benefit conversation about what we should do about it. Some of the proposed uh, so-called solutions that we hear are are so expensive as to literally be impossible and and others could have significant cultural and sort of downstream effects that might not be what the American people want. But I think what the American people should do is watch this film, and engage in you know, adult conversations with a scientific un- underpinning so we can first understand the extent of, and scope of this problem, and second, create solutions that we can all feel good about. That, that has to begin with clear information, objective truth, and a willingness to engage, you know, a belief that the people on the other party also are good people and want to solve problems.
1: Right. And, and Walt, did this movie start uh, as an idea in your head? You're, you're the funder, you're the co-writer. You
0: want to tell us about that? I'm, I'm the co-writer, and, and I, it's my narrative in there. And I funded it out of my uh, retirement account because over time I became so agitated that there was a, a sense of cognitive dissonance. You know, I, I knew something wasn't matching with what I had known. And so, and and I could see us going to a totalitarian uh, form of life if we continued the path that people are telling us to. I, I knew the availability of rare earths to make all these things. I uh, knew that we did not have that many in the United States. Would have to import them, that it cost a lot. And and we would just go way overboard. In fact, I I knew it would cost a lot. And um, so, so I, I kind of think my my background, which was diverse, made me ideal to 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 put this together. I, I grew up in southwestern Colorado. I grew up with rocks from a very young age. I would sell rocks at the train station to the tourists that were there for the narrow gauge train. I went to the School of Mines, and in three years, then I picked up a thesisless master's degree in, in geophysical engineering. And uh, went to work. And, and even then, one of the first experiences I've had is as I was working with Dr. Alan Shaw. He was a, the world's foremost micropaleontologist. And he had helped create a new chart that was out on the temperature of the earth with time. So I uh, uh, got to know something about the temperature of the earth over time and went on. I, I did a lot of different things. Uh, eventually left that company to become a, the chief geophysicist for the 20th largest oil company in the world. And for the last uh, 20-some years, I've met a an independent uh, geophysical consultant. I just had a voice that was telling me, do something. I didn't know what, but and I, I would watch some of the podcasts, and they never really told you much. I mean, people babbled on about things. That was my opinion. (laughs) Which is, is, why, if you want to show the first graph, that that Dr. Alan Shaw helped to make the original one, a lot of people have contributed to it later on. You can see the temperature over time. It was much hotter in the past. And you see the carbon dioxide level was much higher in the past than it is now. And you see on the right-hand side of that chart, a little thing that's the little hook on the end of the temperature that's gone up and, and we're all worried about it well it's a minor thing and probably and yes i think co2 is a greenhouse gas i think it has played a part in warming the earth but it's so minor it's not worth pursuing uh so anyway those things drove me and and uh if if yeah. it and what I did do is I put together the narrative that the thing the film follows, which is the, the history of the temperature of the earth, recent history, and even during mankind's time. You see the end of the last ice age. And Raimi, my wife and I went over and studied that very first part, the Myonian civilization, as it came out of Greece, her Crete, because the, uh, as the temperature rose, you see a little hook on it. People were building stuff before they even came out of the Ice Age, really. And, and they had a very advanced civilization uh, at their peak. They had Some people had heated floors, even. Of course, they, that was on, on a different island. But Crete uh, had running water through the town. They, they made clay pipes. and carried the water uh, through the town and carried it on out. And so, yes, it was a highly developed civilization until uh, Santorini blew and wiped out three-fourths of the Myonian population and and all of their navy. They had a a, sort of a merchant marine navy. But anyway, uh, I I had to see those things. And, And that was an interesting... And you see the temperatures on these different civilizations. It's not just someone pulling a number out of a hat, because you go back and you can look at the records of Egypt, what grains they were trading. They, In fact, Egypt did have uh, different kinds of grains that they can't grow yet. I think it's millet that they, they can't grow. It, it, and it has a very high protein content. We know from archaeology how the life was in other places. And in the movie, I talked about our experience in in Egypt. And it was really strange. They had all these Egyptologists there. And, and and I said, you know, I wonder what the temperature was way back then. And he said, oh, it must have been really, really cold. And, and I said, well, look at these drawings. Why, why are they dressed so scantily if it's so cold? And it was really warmer than we are today. And we're told incorrectly that Earth isn't going to function if we get two degrees warmer. Or something. In fact, we might get a little better. So, um, is, is it your understanding that the Earth really
1: is maybe two degrees centigrade cooler right now than it was during the peak of the Minoan? That, that's
0: what it looks like on the graph there. I don't know if it was two degrees or not, but uh, it, it was definitely cooler today okay. than it was then. I had first put together the narrative, and I wrote it all down, and it's pretty much with the graphs that you see and, and the costs and, and uh, what Ron Stein did, and I, I put together the people I wanted. I got the absolute best for, for their part. Gregory Wrightstone had agreed for most of the earth science part, and, that, and uh, he wrote the book uh, Inconvenient Facts, which was a bestseller, it has been for a long time, and then Ronald Stein wrote the book "Clean Energy Exploitation," and uh, and in that one, uh, he got a little carried away with the morality of digging for 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 rare earths, but he didn't get into as much as I had hoped on uh, the the scarcity of. The, and other people like Lord Mocton, have done some work on that. Added up, if the whole world was to uh, to go to net zero, if some of these things it would take two thousand years to dig enough of the material up to make all the material, and then these things only last twenty years. So it, it, it it's it's a joke, really, to try to even pursue. And, and it's one of those things, that, like and. And we had Ken uh, Gregory in, and he had just written a paper that was good on the cost of going to net zero. And he, in the movie, even said what we need to do is a cost-benefit analysis. And to me, that was has really been something unusual that we don't – here, this is something that's going to take maybe half of our GDP, and no one has sat down and figured out how much it's going to cost and how we're going to fund it uh it's buried under the carpet and we need open conversations on it i mean well it's not it's not a, a two or three trillion dollar thing and anyway all these things that were bothering me and i got i thought the right people and i i chose uh kim monson who who was a star as it turns out she has a talk show here in Denver. And the reason I picked her is all these other guys, people were scientists. I didn't want to have a Tootsie girl in there. I want someone that could hold their own with all the guys, you know, Some, a, a woman who in her own right had earned her spurs, let's say that. And, uh, and she came in and was just correct. And, and I, I got Colton by accident. I was hiring his mentor. And the mentor says, Oh, I, I I want to get out of this and retire. So he was kind of coaching Colton. And, and actually, Kim and Colton, you know, really made this a, a great movie. But it, it and we joke about it. At one time I thought my money is all wasted. You know, and it was quite a little bit of money because I dipped into my IRA and when and, and uh our, our rules said you can give so much to a charitable contribution, so I gave it to Heartland, and I told Heartland this is where I wanted to go. All these people had their money before we ever even met to, to film it, and everyone came. They, they did their... Everyone did superbly, just marvelous. I mean, the way that came together, I thought, well, maybe this was supposed to happen. Of course, each each person has their own... Uh, little mantra that they're trying to push. Uh, uh, Ronald Stein was kept talking about oil companies, and I'm trying to say I don't want to be related to oil companies. It's just the issue itself. But but he's ambassador, a self-appointed ambassador for oil business, and, and and he gets carried on that. His ideas get gets more carried on the morality of it than I really wanted. But that was that was wrong. I mean, his take on it. And, uh, and Wright Stone, he was, he, after writing the book, he became the, the chairman for the CO2 coalition, executive director. And so he's pushing CO2 as a miracle molecule. So I wasn't trying to stress that, but it's, it, it's part of life, you know, it's here. And, uh. And then Ken Gregory, he's an interesting guy, you know, but he had done all these calculations, and and actually he's kind of pushing the whole time that maybe we should use uh, carbon captures and sequestration, you know, capture the carbon dioxide and put it in the ground. I know well some geologists that have been working on that for a long time. I don't think that's to the point you can estimate the cost of it. Uh, One outfit here locally... Had a big deal on on their carbon sequestration, and it, you put the carbon down in the groundwater, and it turns it all to cement. So you, you drill an expensive hole, and right around the well bore, then suddenly it, it turns to cement, and it kind of ruins things. So th- there are just a lot of hurdles we haven't addressed yet. I think
2: it was this. Yeah. Idea of bringing subject matter experts together that could speak to these really important topics. There is a, there is a question of morality. There is a question of of availability of resource. There's political considerations. Some of the places where these materials are not our be, are not our best friends. There's a question of do we want to be a dependent on other countries for our energy not just our electricity but our energy and what are the implications there so are we making are we limiting choices for the american people already that might not produce an optimal solution because there's a constant sense that there's a crisis in the which burning down around us and I look out my window and I don't see that. And I wonder that dissonance that occurs when the lived reality and experiences people have don't jive with what they hear on, you know, crisis television and how long this can go on. Because, uh, you know, I was a substantially younger person when this whole thing got started. Uh, and I think it may go until, you know, another generation or two if we can't calm down make rational decisions based on not just science but observe reality you know if if what is it i think 80 percent of the world has gotten greener as the carbon dioxide levels have risen and only four percent of the world has become less green why is that a bad thing why would the greening of the earth be a bad thing it it's it's it has a way of solving its own problem So um, I think there's points of view that are expressed and information that's shared in this film that are incredibly important for people to know. Incredibly important. If you remove all the carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, you remove all the life on Earth. But we don't talk about the line of death or, or what is an optimal amount, an optimum situation. Why not? Why has that been a secret. Anyway, this film takes a lot of things that previously were sort of taboo or secret and brings and puts sunshine on them. And, and I think it will make people feel simultaneously much better about the situation that the earth is in and the role that people have in creating it and much more much more optimistic about solutions. So, um, again, my role here is to encourage people to watch this movie. And begin a dialogue that, you know, sort of from the middle out rather than the extremes in.
1: So I attended your event uh, last week in Denver. I thought it was a fantastic rollout or screening of your movie. I really enjoyed it. I'm curious as to what feedback you got from people after they saw the movie. Did uh, people come up to you at all or have they yet about specific things
0: that they thought stood out? Uh, Several things there have happened. I've gone to different other meetings and People I never knew before knew me and, and commented about the movie and were there that I didn't see. I didn't get to meet everybody. We had about 360, 380 people somewhere in that ballpark. And another thing that came out that you never noticed there were people there to cause trouble. And and, and one, of, one of them, I think, is that reporter they got me to talking to, who, who after we find out afterwards, he, he was really a right wing, a left wing kind of nut almost, and he never touched our reports. He he never he didn't say anything, but there were other people that I had never seen before that were in there at three uh, at uh, five fifteen. The event was to start at six. And the doors opened at six, but they they were there. At, they came running in, and you get that table, you get that one, and, and, and they knew each other. And I kind of felt they, they were folks that uh, were on a different plane of thinking than my own. And then when we got the standing ovation, they didn't stand up at those, those two tables. But they were quite quiet. They, they, uh, we, we didn't do anything controversial in the movie. We just were trying to lay things out. We were trying to start arguments. And I think the way that largely it got scripted in the front part by, by Colton and, and, uh, Kim it is, it, it isn't just a, Hey, we all want this what's happening here. It, it, the, so it, it's, uh, I, I was pleased with the feedback I got on it and, and it made me feel better because I think it, it'll eventually be able to catch on and, and be more widespread. Okay, I
1: just wanted to read a quote here. I think uh, it's from—I uh, don't know where it's from. Your website, I think. Quote: A climate conversation rejects the climate of extremism in favor of a constructive debate on climate change. End quote. I, I think that's great. You're asking a lot of questions there, and it's—it's uh, uh, it's a quick runtime, right? Fifty-six minutes. And you
0: go over a lot of information in fifty-six minutes. Fifty-seven minutes. We uh, to to fit. And Colton said that I was going to go thirty. And I said, well, people get bored listening to something longer than that. And he says, I'll make it interesting. He did. And we hit 57 minutes because that would fit in with most uh, most people's uh, media. It seems to fit right. And it does stay interesting. People don't fall asleep. It's entertaining the way it's done. A little bit of humor here and there through there. I thought it, was, it turned out very well.
1: All right, and I was also there at, at the Heartland event in Orlando when you first you premiered it there, right, uh, in February correct. of this year. Got a standing ovation there, right? And then right. you showed it again in De- Denver, and then it's rolling out at, on Newsmax TV or Newsmax in general uh, this Sunday,
0: correct? This Sunday. Uh, yes. And that's what, August the, or October the 15th? 15th, 12th. yes. 15. 15.
1: 15. yep and then uh, there is a plan after that to make it available elsewhere on YouTube for example or I don't know if Dave you want to talk about that or
2: we, we have a plan for to make this film available to any person who wants to watch it and uh, we're encouraging that so newsmax is a worldwide debut on Sunday the 15th of October nine o'clock Eastern eight o'clock where you are six o'clock out here and California. And uh, hopefully we'll get, we'll get a lot of, you know, what we're ideally would be watch parties and get people together and have start the conversation process live in this first screening. But after this first screening, we're going to make it available as widely on the internet as we can. You'll be able to find pieces and parts of a client conversation pretty much everywhere you look, if we do our job right. Um, We're so grateful to you for having us here today to talk about it, but we are hoping to engage in conversations, you know, across the fruited plain on as many media as we can. Uh, We love the film. The film is always, Tom, always projects like this have to stand on their own merits. If the film wasn't fun to watch and informative, and beautifully visually stimulating wouldn't matter how wouldn't matter what the arguments for the film is fantastic and we pretty sure the more people see it the greater the opportunity for some virality and again i it's my point of view and i don't know that this was always the goal of the film but if you're in distribution marketing and advertising as i am you always try to hit the center of the target because that way you have maximum amount of room to fail. You know you you know you'll be able to pick up a good a good sized chunk. And I really feel that if when you look at the the existing the status quo anti about climate change, you you tend to be to find two groups: people who are alarmed, and uh, you know people who are. Very skeptical, and they 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 huddle around and they make little tribes for themselves, leaving about eight out of ten people a little bewildered. We think if we could capture the imagination of that middle group, which is by far the largest group, well then we can actually get to a cost benefit understanding and and have some clear-eyed policy that that both you know, Uh, solve problems and also add to the economic strength of our country. That would be such an ideal outcome. It's going to, it's going to have to begin with rational decision-making at least that's what I believe.
1: Okay. And I just wanted to mention that uh, in the show description here, I put a whole bunch of links because you guys have a Twitter feed and you have a website, you have a YouTube channel, uh, I put a link there. Uh, Newsmax TV has a Find Us uh, link where you can click on that and figure out how to watch it because you don't have to have cable TV or anything. You can just watch this on the Internet, I believe, through Newsmax. And you don't have to watch it live. You can uh, stream it. Uh, I think you wanted to mention that on Newsmax TV. You can stream it at your leisure right after October 15th.
2: Absolutely, you can. You'll be able to stream it on Roku. We're going to make this film available and easy to find. It's going to be an easy thing to find that finding it won't be the issue. Watching it with an open mind, being open to new information, it, it was just funny Walt told a little story about the people who came to the Denver event. you and I were both there. And you know, they I think they came to shout at the movie theater at, at the screen. I, I think that's why they were there. Um, and they didn't. And I don't think it was because they felt outnumbered. I think it was because the film is excellent. And there's just nothing to complain about. This—it's There just isn't a there there. if you're looking for a fight. You're not going to find one.
1: Well, so just the movie wasn't what they thought it was going to be, I guess, huh?
2: Yeah, I think they expected the same thing that they've been getting, which is an argument, a fight, and, and a crisis, and shouting, and... Disharmony, and that's not that's not the goal here.
1: Uh, Actually, before I forget, one other thing I wanted to mention is that you can buy DVDs of the movie even in bulk on your website right now. Right? I bought one at a time at the
0: event. I'd like to say something about that because you know we paid everyone got paid beforehand, and Colt is just starting out. He says I can do all this for so much, and the poor guy put in about five times more work than what he he got paid for so i worked out a deal so he gets all the profit from the dvd sales and they're going to be sold at a reasonable price so they should be like twenty dollars so so buy one of those and help colton you know help a young and he's a genius a young genius help and he is officially
1: co-writer and director right colton moyer right Okay. And did you already say that you rated your retirement fund in order to uh, fund this move? I
0: had to rate it twice. That's when everyone got really excited. <laughs> I mean, the, the law said you can take so much and you can give it to a, a charitable contribution. and, 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 and Hartman listened, you know what I'm not going to make any money on it. That's fine. I, I, it's not what I wanted to do. And, and so we put it all together. and then to reformat it for Newsmax to get the DVDs off and going, and and to get some marketing done and all these other things, I had to hit it again, and so uh, uh, then the kids got out of the, the woodwork, you know, <laughs> you know. And to make it even funnier, is they're getting a little concerned about me spending my retirement money. Some lady came walking by, this new to the neighborhood chattery gal, and she's talking to the kids and she's laughing. She, said, you know, I'm new to the neighborhood and I, I'm part of a new trend you always hear about kids moving back in with their parents i'm a parent moving in with their kids and their faces turned white and they were you know kind of concerned but uh i i it was it's done a little it's been a little more expensive than i planned but uh I, i i still feel good about it
1: yeah and we're we you and i were talking in denver you said that this is uh, there is nothing more important than this, right? Then this issue is so incredibly important, and I totally agree with that. That that's what really motivated you to fund the movie is that this one issue is so important.
0: I I felt it's so important, and we're going in such a direction. If if people were educated differently, I wouldn't have a retirement fund. If if we have a, a total uh, totalitarian society, which is, is what we would have to do to do this we is uh, Ken gregory did it very good he, he said that would be 1.1 million per adult in the us but only half of the adults pay taxes so so just look at that there's you and your spouse so that's two of you so that's really 4.4 million out of somehow out of your pocket that goes to this and and that seems you know we, that that's a lot of money So the costs are real, and the benefits
1: are imaginary, right? You're spending this $4.4 million. What do you get in
0: terms of the climate or weather benefit? And that is really interesting because Greg, when he came out, he he just got a hold of the IPCC calculator for how much this reduces the temperature. And we were bouncing around. We tried it, and he's come out later. You know, going through the little app they have is like, going through your IRS forms, you know, you do this and do that, all these different things. And, and, and uh, you push the button and, and I pushed it in a, a number. I didn't believe he's gone back. He's worked at it. And if the United States entirely was devoid of, of what went, went to net zero and had no, uh, no new carbon dioxide then we would only lower the temperature of the Earth by 0.09 degrees Fahrenheit. Think about it. And it isn't much better than that, because right now it's just the U.S., Europe, and, and England that are, are on board to do this. And, uh, I mean, so, so if we all did it, then we'd lower the temperature by 0.18 degrees Fahrenheit. And, and and our our economies would be destroyed either way. Our lives would be destroyed. There's, there's no other way to say it.
1: I think I just read separately on Twitter that net zero can't survive contact with voters. I think that's true once
0: the rubber hits the road. <laughs> it's a, Well, it, it, but the voters are asleep, you know, it's a problem. And, and I'm trying to get people to think, you know, uh, if we're all going to cough up two point two million per adult per tax paying adult. That takes a lot out of your lifestyle, either way. Absolutely. I, and, I, I go ahead. And that's an estimate. And here in Denver we built a, a Veterans Administration hospital. And they said here's an how much it's going to cost, and it costs five times as much. So sometimes you get into things and they're different. So, uh, stepping
1: back a little bit, uh, can you talk briefly about the timeline between the germ of the idea for this movie and then when it's going to be on Newsmax? How long did it take? A many years? A couple years?
0: Or how long? It probably that the it probably would be fair to say it took two years. That I, I talked about it, was thinking about it, and uh, I was talking to Kim and some of her people. And someone said, "Why don't you put a script down? Well, how do you do? I, I just basically put the narrative down, the things I thought that I'd like to bring up and the way I was thinking. I've been in a lot of uh, lawsuits. I mean, not is an expert witness in them. And I know how lawyers think. they They look for just the the weakness. They see a weak spot, and that unravels your whole argument. Excuse me, you go through this, and I would say, you see a lot of weak spots. And and that's what I was pointing to, particularly. But the temperature graph was is one, and, and this is the hottest it's ever been on the Earth. And, 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 you know, that isn't the case. But the next one that I really focused on is is the uh, last 400,000 years. That's a good way to measure the temperatures with an ice core. That'll be very reliable. If you look at that graph, the the last 400,000 years, and you see how the temperature's gone up and down and up and down, and you see some of the highs in the past are higher than today. And and that is interesting. And we know that geologically, that, that there are times in our history where the Arctic ice was entirely gone. It's all gone. And the polar bears survived. They were living there. And they survived all that. So, and we, why did we start worrying about the polar bears early on? Because most, they're more sophisticated than, than what we give them credit. Most of the temperature changes are in the upper regions. Malenkovich, when he was doing his calculations, said he did it for 71 degrees latitude to make it more interesting. The temperature changes more variably on the on the higher latitudes and the lower at, latitudes, and that's why that graph I had at the event is of the temperature of Colorado, and that's something Greg Wrightstone, and he's the only one I've seen do it, uh, goes into a state and pulls out all the weather stations and averages the temperature. For, for And he did it for Oregon, and Oregon raised a little bit. It's a more northern state. Colorado, it's virtually flat. And I would say most states in the United States is going to be flat. The upper tier, it isn't. So I'm curious, uh, you must know a lot
1: of people with a lot of experience in the field of geology. I'm just curious, what percent of those people do you think actually buy into this idea that CO2 is the climate control knob?
0: Or- That is very interesting. Uh, My honest answer is the people in the private domain employed uh, almost universally are, are, I would say, generally, they think, yeah, CO2 may have an impact, but it's negligible. A lot of the people that are employed in the public domain uh, and they're, they're professional earth scientists, and they get up in meetings, and they, they say one thing, and, and I thought, gee, I, I have a hard time with that. I, I've had a—one uh, of the other things I had a hard time with is the storms. Uh, I was at a meeting, and, and this guy was a Ph.D. with the, the uh, National Renewable Energy, and, and he was up talking about uh, how, how dangerous the storms are now. And he had a graph. Of dollar signs and time, he did not include uh, the famous Galveston Island hurricane, and, and he was talking to yeah, how this is it. And I checked around afterwards, and he he was not even converting that to cost of dollars, and that's not a, a way to measure a hurricane because more people live along the coast now, and the cost of construction is higher. And you, you get to looking into it more, and I, I think Gregory did the right thing. He went and looked at newspapers. I mean, they, they preceded satellites. How often did a hurricane hit our state? That was always a newsworthy event. And I looked at the graphs that I could have of hurricane strengths, and, and, and really, hurricanes, you might even say they have gone down a little, but there isn't any big increase. And, of course, in my work with the forest, you know, they, they were, the forests are all burning up, and you see some of those grass. We hit that in the movie. But before I, I did the movie, I get on the phone and call up some of my buddies that I knew that had have, have gone on to become uh, our nation's best forest firefighters, and they're retired now, about what, what's going on. And, and part of the big problem is the later years, they haven't been fighting fires at night. Which is the best time to fight them is when it's a little cooler, but it's more dangerous. So they've quit doing it. And and what it takes to become a forest ranger. Now, if you want to be really in the forest, rise in the forest, you had to be getting a a degree in forest management. And and we've done away with that, and they're more apt to hire a landscape architect. You know, Uh, and and why is you could surmise all sorts of things there, but forest management you had to go to a school in the west here number one and most of those people had their own culture they they went to school wearing the white boots the whites you know the big timber jack boots and and they had their own culture and they 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 talked that way and i would say some people would have trouble fitting into that uh, culture within different schools but uh Anyway, so, and and you can see, and you go back further on the graph we had. I'll tell you some more secrets. You see how high it was in the 1930s. Why were there so many forest fires? There was a depression going on. There was good work fighting fires. And and it's not something people talk about a lot, but you can read it in a couple of books, uh, Home on the Bears Domain was one, and the other one was uh, Buffalo Head Ranch. They were auto, they they were biographies different, women wrote. And, and they talked about being disconcerned because of people starting the forest fires to, to get more pay.
1: Really? I, I had I, never heard that. This is the first I've ever heard of that. So, a lot of the fires you think in the 1930s were arson, huh? Forest
0: fires or today too. Today, <laughs> yeah, today as well. well yeah. That's what prompted me with the movie. Is in part, I went back. The Colorado School of Mines had a reunion for the geophysical the geophysical department, and it was a big thing. I went up to it, and they had a speaker there who was a PhD in in climatology or something from Stanford, PhD in that. And I'm, wow, what is going on here? And I, I looked into her history. Just, you know, we had someone like that coming. And I, I, I did a rant, an email rant to friends, and, but most people didn't even read them. But <laughs> uh, I showed up and I, I was fired up. And she got up and she had two slides. One was a picture of you know from the last 150 years of the temperature the Earth went up. It's a very colorful, nice picture, and the other picture was a slide of offshore LA, looking at fires all around it, and we find out afterwards a lot of those fires were human started, and quite often started by an academy. Uh, those are quiet things that are, seem to be coming out, but I, I I feel comfortable. I can say that. So. But the fires in the 30s, uh, no one talks about it. But I have a feeling a lot of those were arson. I mean, there's you- a lot of. But then after that, we got into the Smoky Bear trend, and and in the in the 40s and 50s and 60s, a, a lot of advertising to not allow think forest fires to happen. So I'm curious. Over the last five or
1: ten years, what would you say have been some of your biggest uh, sources of information about uh, the climate debate? Like blogs, or you listen to podcasts, read books, or what would you say?
0: I I have to say most uh, has not been from reading podcasts. I will see some occasionally. Uh, it's reading books, uh, uh, and, and a lot of uh, internet things. Uh, things uh, Anthony Watts. What's up with that is very good for a lot of information. And I think he's he's pretty accurate on it. You have to so many things in our whole culture today, you have to think about things, you look at them, and then verify them somehow. But I think everything we put in that movie, it, I, I stand behind is verifiable information.
2: I would add that I view this film as the introduction to the topic for the curious and open-minded and each of these, these things we talk about, like is, what is the real effect of carbon dioxide? Is it causing forest fires or, or not? Is it creating more hurricane landfalling hurricane activity or not? Um, is this Concern: Is it a catastrophe? Is it a crisis? I don't know that it's any of those things, but it's a political goldmine around the world, particularly for adversaries of the United States. And so, what I would like to see is more client conversations. I'd like to see more films. I'd like to, but I'd like to have that not completely bankrupt Walter. Have him living in his daughter's basement at some point. In the future, so if we can make this, if we can put this film front and center in the conversation, I think we can find creative ways to put Walt and Colton and these wonderful scientists and some other ones to work helping make this information more popular, more clear. You know that that center of the target is a big area. And I would love to see this be film one of a series of films that reorient our conversation around what science really is and not what it's purported to be and not not some, you know, slightly crazy teenagers uh, from Scandinavia controlling the dialogue.
0: I followed this whole thing for quite a while. I was in some, some of the original uh, talks that Dr. Mann gave. With his hockey stick remember he had the famous hockey stick that really started all of this and someone that was a partner of mine and a friend of mine actually challenged it he said where's the medieval war and then they said well there was a volcano here they altered it a little bit but dr mann uh tore up all of his information and threw it away it wasn't there for anyone to look at since then people have not been able to replicate his work come close to it uh, most people believe the medieval warm was a medieval warm and and they believe when the old pictures of courier knives of people skating on the thames river you know it was cold then and uh, so so we're, we're coming back to but man has just kind of slipped away he sued a couple people that outright challenged him and he lost the lawsuits but the people that defended themselves were probably broke in the end. And yet he's faded away and polar bears are kind of faded away as some of these narratives were incorrect. And then they just kind of modify it and it goes on. So we have to, and this has become so expensive and particularly now that they're talking about getting rid of fertilizer. It is dangerous. And it's dangerous. And now they're saying maybe we should only get two airplane flights in our lifetime, you know, and people don't even think through these things. If we're going to have that few airplanes in the world, you're not going to have an airplane factory. You can't, I mean, so many things we're destroying that have evolved and they're there for us to help us because they're in scale. And and it even goes with the oil business. I mean, which people, and I, I don't try to bring this into the oil, but it is beneath the surface, uh, you think of our country, which is really the birthplace of the modern oil business. My wife and I went to see where the Chinese had drilled a gas well 2,000 years ago, and they, they captured it coming out of the ground with uh, silk, sort of a silk tube, and they funnel it down to dry out brine into salt. The flames would do that. That's what they used it for. That's two thousand years ago, and then it kind of all died and went away. And here, because we are a country that gives uh, incentive to merit, is is what started it. And we are the only country in the world where individuals can only can can own the minerals. And I, I worked with some people from Dubai that were testing something, a satellite imagery on, using for, for detecting hydrocarbons. And I said, why are you using it here? And they said, this is the only country where you can go out and lease the minerals and, and drill and test the idea. So it is true. We're unique. When our country was formed, they were, they were so dissatisfied with going to the king for everything, even the minerals, the water, all that's privately owned by a lot of people. And that helped us, and, and we, it, we, we reward merit, and so that encouraged people to take risks. And, and so really, the oil business developed here. It, it's now going other places. It isn't just the lack of oil. Some of the new techniques probably carry us for a long time, but it requires work. So, and so I'm- we're losing our economy at scale. Do you happen to know if the Chinese were using coal w-
1: well before the Industrial Revolution? Maybe Marco Polo times? I forget. I, I heard
0: something about this. Do you happen to know? I, I The Indians out here were using coal uh, before the Industrial Revolution. And a lot of that is just natural, how it's happened, because coal does have outcrops. And you've got to have the right kind of weather without a lot of trees, but lightning strikes and, and catches coal seams on fire. And, and we have natural coal seams burning out here. And uh, you've probably heard about the the famous fire up by Boulder, where all the houses were burned down. I don't, actually. Recently? Oh, or... it, it was a big... Anyway, it, uh, it may have been started by a coal mine that's burning underneath. People have built all these houses on top of a abandoned ancient coal mine that's burning. And, and it was a real windy day, and they've been truly that could have pulled that up the vent and started the fire. It's about where it started, too.
2: I hope that everyone will join us on Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Newsmax to watch a climate, converse, a climate conversation. It's a, I, I promise you, it'll be time well spent. It's a wonderful film. It's got information I'm very confident you're not aware of and um, and be part of this virality, be part of this center out movement to get us on track towards solutions that actually can work and maintain our quality of life at the same time.
1: All right, very good. I enjoyed this conversation a lot. Go ahead. Thank, just thank you for having us. All right, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you next time then. Talk to thank you. Soon. you. Goodbye.